0: For three or four days in the family, in the house, just with the family. And this lamb was a beautiful thought here. This lamb was a lamb that could be inspected, could be known. It could be every inch, and especially if there were kids in the household, every inch of this little playful lamb would be known and 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 discovered and and in detail known about what was this lamb, what was on it, its uniqueness. And this would also be the thing that happens where the the um, the priests would would be examining the these lambs that were going to be offered up for a family uh, during the time of Passover, and so Jesus here is the lamb of God, and we, I think that all some of you are already following me in the significance of what this means. Jesus is coming into the gates through the sheep gate into Jerusalem, and he's ready to be known, to be inspected, to be prodded, to be questioned to be poked to be truly known by the priests there's no other God in mythology that could ever do that none there's nothing that Jesus had to hide he truly wanted to be known and this process of examination by the priests served to guarantee that the lamb was a suitable and symbolic offering representing all purity representing all all innocence Jesus is called the Lamb of God as we know in John 129 and 1st 1 Corinthians 5 7 and other places the book of Revelations chapter 5 verse 12 and as he's coming in he's being inspected by the nation by the city of Jerusalem and there's three things that that we see about this and then I'm gonna wrap it up there's three things that we see about Jesus here coming in number one Jesus is vulnerable he could be called the killable God no other god in mythology, Greek mythology, Roman mythology, Babylonian mythology, no other superhero uh, Marvel mythology, you know, the, the new super you know, the new superheroes, the new mythology for our American age. These were invincible, unkillable gods, but Jesus here bled. Can you imagine that? He bled. He he could bleed. What other god could bleed? Jesus here was vulnerable. Jesus does not choose a powerful warhorse, crushing skulls that he rides into Jerusalem to claim to at the acclaim of the of the crowds casting judgment on all the unbelievers and scoffers like we would see in a modern day movie Jesus walks in he comes in and it's kind of almost like anticlimactic. he's riding on a colt a colt of a donkey and think about that for a second a colt I mean some of you that are in farming know that a colt is not very big right and a man sitting on it, I mean, at least there would be some kind of bucking or, or resistance or fear, but Jesus gets on this colt and the colt is not scared, is not, is not throwing him. And this just speaks to the gentleness and the grace of Christ as he comes and he sits on this colt. And he comes in and just, this is almost an anticlimactic statement of all the kings in the past. And David comes into Jerusalem, same way, he's coming in with humility they're crying son of david and he and jesus in so many ways is this like king david and because he is coming in weakness he comes on he comes in in human nature to take the divine the divine wrath of god that we deserve i want to make a point here because he's a weak king quote unquote it looks like a weak weak king it's easy to trust him because this is not a king that will oppress you. How many kings today in the world that we live in, powerful political figures, big and small, that are oppressive? Because they have small. They have. They, they're massive egos. Jesus had nothing to prove here. Jesus had nothing to try to prove about his message or his kingship. He was what he was. He is what he is. And he had no fear of losing control or authority because... Well, that's honestly what we have. We have, we have this authority from Christ. We have, this, we have this assurance of our salvation. And there's nothing that we need to strive and to struggle to do. Um, if we live for something, and I know a lot of this weekend, we had just a lot of event, a lot of things going on with some of our youth. A lot of youth are thinking about their future, they're discovering drives, what drives them. And I think that the thing that drives us is the thing that is going to be what we live for. What we live for is what's going to drive us. Jesus lived to do his Father's will because of us. John 17. Jesus was not a role model for us. Jesus was not someone saying, "Now you've got to live up to my impeccable and perfect standard or you're not saved. That's not what he was doing. He was fulfilling every point of the law, not only in absolute obedience, but in total humility. Jesus was extremely humble, yet he was not modest. And let me explain what I mean by that. Modesty is a human attempt to belittle ourselves. It's our way of belittling our own importance, to kind of hold back, kind of like not talk about our successes and boast about things that we can do or stuff we knew. But Jesus was so humble that he could also be extremely angry. And we see this he comes in and on this day he comes into the temple and he's looking at the temple he's looking inside the house of the lord and what does he do he starts throwing furniture around and who throws furniture around who gets that right somebody comes into your house here here in magnolia or something and starts you know you have a contractor come in and starts throwing your furniture around you know what are you going to say to that person what are you doing this is not your house jesus could do that because this was his house this was his house he could rearrange the furniture he would walk into his house and he said, this is not right. This is not right. And he, had this, he said the zeal for the house of the Lord ate him up. Isn't that amazing? Jesus had incredible passion and fervor and exc- and, and, and at the same time he could be humble. And there was this kind of unique paradox of who he was. Because he wasn't living in self-consciousness. If we live for something, it's going to drive us. I want to just say something about that about this, and then I'll close. If we're holding on to something like our career, our reputation, possessions we have, things that we've saved up all our life for, if we're holding on to things, whatever that could be, our family, we're holding on to things, we're trying to police people, we're living to meet some con, someone's concept of, of success, we're crowning that Lord in my life, right? We live, in the, we live in, the, in, the, in the area of the woodlands, and there's an incredible amount of high achievement that's placed on a lot of high school kids. And a lot of them struggle with that. Because I think in this part, and this is a God that we worship in the United States, and that's the God of success and achievement. God is not, a, God is not against that. But when it becomes our singular drive, what can happen is, is that this becomes a king, and this is a king that can oppress us. And how can that happen? Well, if we fail, if we fail in our career, if we fail in our marriage, if we fail in the thing that we worship, maybe our moral program, if we fail in that, this king that we worship will punish us to the day we die. Because our career, the thing that we worship, the person we worship, the thing that we hold on to, that we want to keep, cannot die for us. It must kill us. Oppression happens in our life when we're worshiping a king that's not Jesus, a king that is not available to ride in on on a colt of a donkey, to ride in humility, to be who he is. Jesus comes in and he dies for us, and he comes into Jerusalem, and he's here. He's our redeemer, and he's dying for us instead of dying under the pressure of of our expectations and the things that drive us. And I want to just speak to that this morning and close with this, is that whatever is driving you, be sensitive to that in your soul. Learn how to take the temperature of your soul without being introspective, without being unnecessarily morbid, overlooking yourself. But be, be, be conscious of the temperature of your emotions or be aware of, of where your mind is drifting when it has nothing, when, it, when, when it's not on track or when, when there's nothing to be doing. Be aware of that and let the Holy Spirit guide you to the very thing, what are we worshiping? And if we are worshiping Christ, if we're worshiping Christ, if we're walking with Christ, and we're following behind him, and we're looking, we're, exam- we're, we're examining that, that lamb, and, we're getting, and he's allowing us to know him, that's such a beautiful thought. In church, in the body of Christ, so beautiful, when you meet people that are like, hey, I want you to know us. You're gonna find we got clay feet. But we're perfect. Somehow that this incredible paradox that Jesus can be humble and yet at the same time passionate and angry about the things of God. And that's the beauty of our Savior, the beauty of our Redeemer. As I want to close with that, and I want to close with just a word about the offering. If you'd like to give in the offering, uh, we have these buckets here. If there's one underneath your seat, just grab it and kind of pass it down the aisle. If you'd like to put something in there, you can. If you'd like to give online, uh, you can do that at evergrace.org. Backslash give. Um, Or if you miss all of that and you're just old school and you like to put something in an envelope and put it in a box, there's the black box back there in the back and you can do that. So let's just close this part of the service in prayer. Father, we thank you, God, for Jesus who came, came into Jerusalem. His humility is incredible. His ability to be known is beautiful. His vulnerability is is beautiful. Uh, His authenticity is genuineness. He was wearing no masks. And he came in and he was, he was presenting himself to a very hostile religious system, that desired to kill him. And they really endeavored to kill him before the Passover. And Jesus, you are our, our lamb. We celebrate that today. The lamb for our family. You're the lamb for our personal life. You're the lamb for our nation. Bless the remainder of this time in Jesus' name.